You don't do cat stuck in a tree. Dennis the Menace lied to me. <laughs> Hi. Sorry, well, we'll stop. <laughs> How do you have a stitch? I have an everything. Newsflash, air is thick. Uh, thick chicken, taste the thickness. I've been planting little nuggets. <laughs> of ways of saying things wrong? Yeah, but... Grammar Girl is going to be so pissed right now. I know, Shout right? out to Grammar Girl. Sorry, Mignon. Like, it's a, it's a real Matlock situation. <laughs> Just uh, one more thing. All right, so let's do it. Let's do it. This is General Geekery, specifically. It's a podcast. I'm Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we've already, uh, we're, we're fatigued. We're podcast fatigued because we just finished up a best thing ever. So I'm Ben. I'm Lou. And this is noise for your ear holes. Okay, so there's a story that I don't know that I've told here. I don't think I've told it here. What? But, but there's a lot of people that are just now getting here. So, welcome. Um, Hi. This is called The Cat and the Russians. And this is a real story. And I'm giving you the original part of it if you've already heard it. And then I'm going to give you... The um, the revisited, the revisited, the uh, the addendum. So let's go back. So I used to live on your side of town, and yeah. Um, then you're like, this place, I'm out of here. It was the biggest benefit was being near you. That Aww. is true. That is Aww. legit. True. I'm gonna put in like a, a sitcom <laughs> sound, so <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get too sappy. Um, I really am the best thing on that side of town, and I'm not that great. Family guy. Wah, wah, wah. Um, so anyway, <clears throat> I had a couple of cats, um, and one was Ollie, a little orange tabby. Doesn't really matter, but they stayed in one bedroom. Like it was kind of their little place. One day, the window was cracked for ventilation, whatever else, and they made their way out the window for cat escapes. Okay, so it's pretty late in the evening. They 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 catscape out. Uh, wherever, I don't know. I grab my flashlight. Outside, outside's really big. Right, right, right. You may think it's, you know, a big trip to the chemists. That's just peanuts compared to all of outside. So I go outside and I have a fence around my backyard and my neighbor has a fence around their backyard. And it sounds like my cat is meowing from their backyard. So, so obviously you just jump the fence. Well, I... I start not, banging on the door because this is the South. You know, you want to make your presence known. Y'all got my cat. No, I knock on the door. No one's there. And so I just go into their backyard, and I'm standing on that side of the fence, and it sounds like my cat is on the other side of the fence, back mm. on my side of the yard. Fascinating. So I go back around, and then, again, I hear a meow, and it sounds like the cat is on their side of the fence. So now, you got some real Twilight Zone shit going on here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rod Sterling shows up in my backyard, and he's like, let me pose you a question. Rod Sterling Ichi, yo, let me ask you something. A cat is neither here nor there. Is it anywhere? Where um, the fuck is this fucking cat? I can say that now. <laughs> We're on the Gen Geek side. So there's a there's a tree right at the corner of both properties. And I'm like, oh, no. And I look up, 
and my cat. Don't ever my, look up. My, <laughs> they mostly come out at night and mostly climb trees at night. Mostly. So my cat is not kind of up a tree. My cat is up what I only assume is a 400-year-old redwood. Right. And, and he's a solid 120 feet up. Uh, you know, I remember that tree. I'm, I'm pretty sure the tip of it qualifies as outer space. So, of course, I go grab my 20-foot expandable ladder and just see how far up the tree I can get. And, and I'm just yelling. Jumping at the top of it, swatting. Almost there. And I'm just yelling at him. I'm just like, come down. And he's like, I can't. Because this cat has never been in a tree, never been outside. Just walked outside and got in way over his head. Right. So he doesn't understand gravity yet. And all he has to do is jump. Like, gravity will do the rest. So this is 9 o'clock on whatever night. And I'm like, well, he's going to make his way down or something. Gonna get so, hungry at least. At least. So I go inside. Uh, we sleep the night. I know it sounds irresponsible, but I couldn't get anybody to come help me. So what else am I going to do? He's not going to starve overnight. He's I fine. wake up the next morning. First thing I do, I bust outside and I look up, still in the tree. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I got to do something. So again, I go knock on the door of the neighbor's door and they've already gone to work. So I don't know what their work hours are, but apparently they sleep between the hours of 1 and 2 a.m. So Good hardworking Americans. So I go to work. I call a tree service. Well, first off, I called the fire department, and they're like, we don't do that stuff. And I'm like, you don't do cats stuck in a tree. And they're like, yeah, that's not our stuff. Dennis the Menace lied to me. I distinctly remember a pamphlet from when I was a child, and this is your primary job. Uh, they said they don't do it. They're like, I don't know, call a tree service. They're like, fine, I'll call a tree service. I call a tree service. I don't want the tree cut down. And that's how we do Get the cat out of the tree. Yeah, sure. It'll jump when it starts falling. <laughs> So a tree fell on my house. No. Um, no, a tree fell on my neighbor's house. So uh, I call a tree service, and they go, okay, cool. We can have somebody come do it after work. That's mm -hmm. kind of like a like a person just goes up solo, like up a tree, brings down your cat. You pay him, you know, like 50 bucks or something. I'm like, okay, cool. So I schedule it. I get home from work. No cat. Cat's not in the tree. Cat's not lying in a pile on the ground. <laughs> Cat's nowhere to be found. Perfect. Okay, this is, this is a good thing. <laughs> Um, but that I'm, means he didn't seriously take into consideration my idea of jumping. Cause that was a joke. That's way too high for a cat to jump. The air resistance from space alone would burn it up on reentry. So this is, Oh no. Oh no. This is so, so this is where the story takes a weird turn. Okay. I have yet to been able to contact my neighbors. I've tried twice now to contact my neighbors. Right. Because you don't want to send some random, you know, contractor up their tree. <laughs> right. So I, I call, or sorry, I, I walk over next door and I knock on the door and they are there. They're finally there. Nice. Nice family opens the door and I believe they're Russian. I know they're from some sort of Eastern country. English is not their first language. And the guy comes to the door. Hello. And I go, uh, yeah, I, uh, my cat got stuck in your tree and I had somebody come in to get it down. And I'm not sure what happened to my cat. And he turns and looks over his shoulder to his wife, who's nicely making a, probably a family stew. She's just doing this big pot. And a little kid is just playing with toys blocks on the floor. Right. And he looks back at me, zero expression and goes, I took care of cat. <laughs> oh no. What? <laughs> you did what? I uh I took care of cat. And now all of a sudden you don't know any you don't know nothing. You're looking back at this stew. And you're like, esto? <laughs> Where's my cat? <laughs> what is this? 
I'm, of course, I'm the a-hole that looks like, if there's a cat in that pot, we have problems. He goes, I called person, they climbed tree, took care of cat. I was like, oh, thank God. Oh, okay. Where's my cat? Cat, go away. <laughs> cat. Now I'm, cat now, disappeared. Now I'm still looking at his wife going, what's your primary meat source in this house? <laughs> you don't pay that many rubles. You just throw away cat. Please, God, tell me you're vegetarian. It's a, Rush, it's a Russian saying. You buy cat from tree, you buy meat for me. I, why, does I it ri- why does it rhyme in English if it's a Russian <laughs> saying? <laughs> well, because he's menacing you. Because, of course, he's just like, no, no, the cat's fine. So anyway. He's- it, t- it turns out he speaks perfect English. He's just totally doing this to play you. It's one of those, we, we all laugh about this now. We're like, oh, yeah, okay. Well, the cartoons do the same thing over and over. Or like, you know, the doctor comes in. Oh, I got bad news. I had to reschedule some other appointments so I can meet you. What's up? You know, it's like, you did this like three times. It's so dumb. No, nah, he's doing that to you. Right. <laughs> he closes the door. He turns back around. And he's like, hey, how's that stew coming? Good? Yeah. Awesome. He thinks it's a cat. This guy's an idiot. You don't watch BoJack Horseman. No. <laughs> um, so one of the characters, Diane Nguyen, she's, um, she's uh, American born and raised. Her father, I believe, is from Thailand. Um, but they all live in Boston. They all speak with Boston accents and are watching all the sports shows and everything. It's it's a hilarious kind of take on that reverse take on that trope. Right. So, so the cat was fine. They, he had gotten the cat out of the tree and the cat just like, I went back home and, and my beloved family pet was there. So that was the original story. And we never had a chance to get that to air. There's an addendum to that story. So that was on the other side of town. Other side like, of town. Yeah. I mean, cause it takes you what? 25 minutes to get over here or something like that. Thereabouts. Yeah. Sure. So, so other side of town, I'm driving through the neighborhood one day and I'm like, ah, I swear that looks like my old Russian compatriot. I'm like, no, 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 it can't be, it can't be, it can't be. So I go to a school function this week, like a family fun night. Right. There's a book fair, there's a bouncy house, there's a DJ playing Michael Jackson in the, uh, in the, uh, the gymnasium. And so we're walking around and I hear like the faint sound of a Russian accent behind me. And I just turn to look and I'm like, oh my God, that's him. That's him. What? So we get done family fun night. We drive home. I shit you not. Ollie, the same cat, who's now just an outdoor cat because apparently he likes the outdoors and has learned to climb up and down trees. Well, that's good. At least you got that going for you. Well, has he? Has he? Maybe he's just climbing up the trees. Now you have the Russian in your neighborhood. Maybe he's calling the tree service. Well, that's just it. You maybe know. you owe him $5,000. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Spoiler alert. is He's just walking around the neighborhood. And yeah, the Russian guy or Eastern Bloc, wherever he's from, his kids go to the same school as mine. And I thought I saw him in the neighborhood. No, no, no. It's him. Ollie is walking one way down a street. He's walking the other way down the street with his whole family. And I don't know if they don't know it's the same cat or if maybe when they pass, one just winks at the other. Probably him. Maybe it's the cat. And they just wink and kind of like, hey. I, I My theory is they're working together. I think there's collusion going on here. Because back in the 60s, the CIA put together a program. Really hard to get into buildings. Yeah, they actually put someone in them. Uh, recording devices were bigger. Wireless recording devices. If you had a listening station somewhere, you could kind of passively power them. You can get some data out of it. Hard to plant something in a building. Easy to get something outside. Got something outside, you know, obviously you'd be suspicious of other people. Um, you might clear away things like trash cans or benches, but no one suspects a cat. So the CIA took some cats in the 60s. And I am not making this up. Did some minor surgeries 
and implanted listening devices in cats with the presumption that they would be around like the Russian embassy, things like that, and pick up some information. Now, I have no clue what they did. I guess they drove up in some like dark panel van and like threw the cat out. Cats always land on their feet and like drove away. I have no clue. Because that was going to be my first question. It's like, okay, so you've got the microphone in the cat. How do you get the cat in the embassy? Right. And uh, I assume they were listening outside because the cat's not going to be in the embassy. Oh, um, have we talked about the Russian dogs in the subways? <laughs> no. Dude, okay, next podcast. Um <laughs> I assume that the, you know, they would not be allowed in the embassy, but maybe listen, they're outside the smoking listen, areas. Please, one infiltrating animal at a time, right. okay? So it's the 60s, everyone smokes. Um, a lot of them smoke inside. But you go outside, you have a cigarette, maybe the cat picks up some stuff. I guess, I don't know. I, I really don't honestly understand the vector here. However, in 1960s dollars, someone convinced their bursar that they should have a $20 million project. It was canceled. After, if I recall correctly, um, unfortunately, one of the cats they put out ended up getting run over. And cold-hearted bastards. CIA wasn't concerned that the cat got run over. They were worried that if they didn't retrieve the body, the Russians might say, oh, you know what? Let's go dissect this cat that's roadkill and find a listening device. So they had to come up with a plan to get the cat out of the road but not look like a bunch of weirdos scraping a dead animal off a road in D.C. And they decided that was the bridge too far. Now, the good news is the other cats they had, my understanding is they took the listening devices out and um, adopted them out to homes of different uh, officers at the CIA, and um, they lived long, happy lives. These were not very invasive surgeries. These were not very big devices. So I understand that it mostly has a happy ending. So I had to. So that was twenty million in nineteen sixty, right? Right. So I had to put this into an inflation calculator, which, by the way, does not allow you to put twenty million dollars into an inflation calculator for nineteen sixty because they're like, why would you spend that much money on one thing? And I'm like, no one had that much money in nineteen sixty. I'm like, we're not talking about one thing, cats. Right. Right. This is this is like uh, this is like um, Austin Powers. <laughs> right. There's not that much money in the world, Doctor Evil. So that's. 10 million. So go ahead and double that. And that's what they spent on that. Wow. That's a uh, hundred and $170 million, $170 million on secret cats. Well, the cats weren't secret. No, no, the cats were very, very public. That was kind of the point, but man, could you imagine? Like I couldn't imagine going to my boss and saying, I got this really cool idea. I need 170 million. Trust me. It's awesome. Wait. So you're telling me I shouldn't trust my cat. I wouldn't. I um, guess that's how you end up extradited to some dark site somewhere. Oh, no, wait. That's what we do. Let's talk about best thing ever for a little bit. Again? <laughs> All right. Actually, no. I, I, best thing ever is really cool. I'm, we have I'm a excited. lot of good stuff going. So if you guys haven't already checked out our other podcast, um, go on over to best thing ever. Uh, you can subscribe right on iTunes. Yeah, or yeah. you can subscribe on iTunes. Like the places where you would normally go to subscribe to things right. if you're a regular human being. Oh, it's actually on Stitcher too. So this, uh, I know Gen Geek's only on Stitcher iTunes, one rejected us. It's on Stitcher with two eyes. Right. Stitcher. <laughs> Stitch. Uh, no, it's on Stitcher and Podcast. iTunes. Broken, so, so but it's, still good. Yeah. Still good. Um, yeah, it's, it's on Stitcher and iTunes. Uh, best thing ever. <laughs> Hi. Sorry, well, hey, we'll stop. <laughs> How do you have a stitch? I have an everything. Most of it's not good, but I have an everything. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, we, were, we, were, we were... Is that kind of like you can make something an impression just by saying the name of the thing that you're doing? Right, yes. 
It's, 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 it's the mime of impressions. I'm walking downstairs. Look at me walking down these stairs over here. Um, <laughs> see, I'm getting shorter. That's because I'm going down the stairs. Uh, something we weren't talking about earlier, but Steve Martin's career, uh, right? How he got started. What some might consider late. And we were saying, man, makes me feel better. Right, right. Uh, I'm hoping still to be the Billy West uh, voice acting eventually. Um, you know, I probably should do something about it. <laughs> Um, so best thing ever, yeah, go check that out if you haven't already. Uh, yeah, best thing ever, Stitcher, iTunes, um, it all sources from SoundCloud. So if you're big on SoundCloud, you follow us there too. Absolutely. So we just finished up, uh, the idea with that being taking specific brackets, eight competitors, putting them head to head, uh, battle royale style and see who comes out. So we had uh, a bracket of eight that we narrowed down. We just did our finals. So we had a bracket of eight off the top of your head. Well, we know we uh, in the first bracket, upper left corner, we had spicy brown mustard versus garlic butter. Your memory is memory is good. You did that same thing last. Okay, memory. Yeah, I'm implanting <laughs> little nuggets of ways of saying things wrong. Yeah, and then uh, as I recall, and usually we alternate, but as I recall, uh, because of we've uh, joked about its pronunciation. Sriracha, like Sriracha. Sriracha. Because yeah. neither of us can spell, so that was good. I can spell it now. Yeah. I can sure as hell spell it now. I won't be able to spell it next week because now my autocorrect in my phone is taking care of it for me. So now I don't have to type it anymore. Like, it'll be gone. Um, but Sriracha versus Mayo. Something that bothers me about that real quick. Sr- sriracha. Sriracha. Which is spelled S-R-I-R-A-C-H-A. <laughs> you know, I, I, But it comes from Sriracha. In Thailand, which is S-I space Racha. See, I was going to say, we should set up a segment next week to talk about this because I want to know where it came from, how it got transliterated, because we don't have the same symbol and sounds. We don't represent sounds the same way. And when that happened, how it happened. Right. Because... The, the full etymology of it, absolutely. Right. Like, is it, you know, a Beijing, Taipei? Pei and Bei both come from no. the same... No, it's Type B. No. No, they both come from the same idea of city. Right. But depending on how you transliterate it, it means different things. Right. Americans just love to come in and say, oh, you meant, you meant this. It's like, no, we've been speaking this language for like 6,000 years. It's like, yeah, but you've been speaking it wrong. Um, uh, if this doesn't fit into, like, we have 27 letters. This doesn't fit. This, this is what you meant. Right. Well, and the thing is, is that other languages are simple, simpler and better at getting to the point of certain words. Oh, And man. we're terrible with it. My seven-year-old keeps coming in with words that are, you know, synonyms or similar meetings and things like that. And we, I keep hearing my wife going, yeah, no, it's a stupid rule. So here's what it means. Right. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Just memorize it. Yeah. Just like you should memorize best thing ever. Spicy bread mustard versus garlic butter, sriracha versus mayo. On the right side, top Gua- bottom. Uh, on the right side, we had guacamole versus ketchup, and we had barbecue versus relish. And you might think you know how this is going to end. Uh, if you've already listened to best thing ever, then well, that doesn't count. Like, obviously you do. All right. You so, listen to it. But if you oh, think oh, you're going to know how it's going to end. Yeah, absolutely. And here we have to put it in because it's our lawyer said we had to do this. All right, spoiler alert's over. Yep. Um, spicy brown. We're not mustard. gonna tell them, right? We're gonna make them listen. <laughs> spicy brown mustard versus garlic butter. The winner of that matchup was spicy brown mustard, which not a huge upset, but I mean, it's garlic butter made a, made a good run at it. Yeah. And then we had sriracha versus mayo, and the winner of that was sriracha. Uh, and then next, guacamole versus ketchup. Obviously, you know that the winner is 
guacamole upset ketchup in a ridiculous upset. It was incredible. It was really surprising. Barbecue versus relish, also a surprise. Because barbecue ran away with relish. Unanimously. It was crazy. Which we may never see again because it is early on, so our sample size is a little bit smaller, but... It's still big enough that to get a unanimous vote in something like that, it just still it pretty a, impressive. So we uh, we did our um, our semifinal rounds where we had spicy brown mustard versus sriracha, mm-hmm. and then we had guacamole versus barbecue sauce. Right. So spicy brown mustard versus sriracha. Sriracha took the win uh, by community vote by two thirds. Like it was it was pretty impressive. I did not expect. I did not expect Sriracha to win the poll, and I certainly didn't expect it to be that significant. And likewise, with the uh, matchup of guacamole and barbecue sauce, we really thought that that was, you know, barbecue sauce was such a juggernaut. Oh, yeah. That it just ran through the competition. There's no way that that's not going to uh, just run all the way through, and guacamole took it. Yeah, again, by two-thirds in the polls. I was was impressed. Barbecue sauce really ran out of steam there. Uh, So we just finished recording... A thing I never thought I was going to say when we put these brackets together. Sriracha versus guacamole as your favorite condiment for a tailgate. Like, I did not see that coming. And so here's what's funny about this, and and here's what I love about this, is it seems so stupid. Like, think about the arguments we're putting together. We're, We're putting together work, research, looking at the history of condiments, and it seems so dumb. But then we make the point that... This is the stuff that in grocery stores people are fighting over, that people are having arguments over, we're having arguments over, and it seems so dumb, but somehow it actually reflects how people feel, how people think. Their whole worldview somehow can be filtered through the tiny nozzle at the end of spicy brown mustard. Yeah, and I am not, you know, I am not entirely convinced that people in the community, people who are following us, uh, all you listeners here, because you're pretty much the big source of the polls, uh, are not trolling us. But if that's what you want to hear, if you want to hear us do this, like I'm all on board because that was that was a lot of fun. I was not expecting that. And I, I will be honest, I I have been making some guacamole. Thank you, Aldi 40 cent uh, avocados. Uh, they do not pay us a dime, but I guess the discounts that I've saved at Aldi alone count as sponsorship. So, but I've been, I've been making some guacamole at home, putting on a bunch of different things. And I'm actually, cause I started with it with guacamole versus ketchup was the first round. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had guacamole and I am like, I'm a massive ketchup consumer. I'm not proud of it, but that's what, that's the deal. And I, I've been using guacamole on a lot of stuff, stuff I made and, uh, you know, guacamole, guacamole I've made and I, I'm really impressed. It's not hard to make. It's not a bad thing to bring to a cookout. And to make a lot of it, it gets a little pricey, but it tastes great on all the things that I would have expected. And, you know, I'm not trying to resell it right now, but I was not expecting it, just like sriracha. Right. right. And sriracha, I was never a big fan of that. I, I love hot sauces, but I was more on the um, Texas P, Louisiana, depending on application. Sure. Uh, more your traditional hot sauces. We have a great fall festival here in, in mm. our town where you get a lot of local like hot sauces and stuff. And I was more on that. But it really opened me up to, to sriracha, and I really have enjoyed having that. But... 
um, what's really fun about this is trying to be creative more than once. So you had guacamole to begin with, and you're not even a guacamole right. fan. So here you are playing devil's advocate. You're having to defend the murderer that is guacamole because you are a good public defender. Right. Uh, and you're sitting here trying to make the best argument you can. And then by the end of it, you come to the, uh, the realization. You're like, well, actually, he's innocent. Like, <laughs> it's a it's a real Matlock situation. <laughs> and just uh, one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> Natural causes, I don't buy it. Was that a Columbo? That was a, yeah. We're nitpicking our detectives now. Um, this is general geekery. But for me. Specifically, it's a detective show. Who knew? So, but for me, I drew, and we do it all uh, randomly, arbitrarily. We actually go to random.org and flip coins of what's going to be against what and what's who's going to be representing what. So it really right. is totally just just basically like throwing all the names in a, in a hat. That being said, Lou told me what I had to defend today and it was Sriracha. And he goes, didn't you have that the first two? And it's like, if you really want to test your writing skills, tell somebody to say three different presentations about the same thing. It could be their own spouse, make them talk three different times for several minutes and make it totally different each time. The things Which that is, you yeah. love the most, I love Jurassic Park. I could go through in three minutes tell you everything I like about Jurassic Park. And then someone was like, great, and stop. Now do three more minutes and don't cover the same ground. Right. And, and stop. Okay, now do four more minutes and someone's going to argue with you about it. And it's that's why I'm so glad that we, you know, I kind of wish we came to it earlier, but that's why I'm so glad it took us a while to uh, percolate and get to where we got because that was one of the things we realized coming into this was if we're doing these brackets, we got to mix it up. We have to say different things um, or at least give us a way to retread ground without having to say the same things all the way through again. And the way we structured uh, that was, you know, first week we get two minutes. We lay out our basic presentations on why we like what we're doing. We don't talk about the condiment we're up against. We just talk about our condiment. What's good about it. And then next week we can call back to the previous week. We can say, this is what we've said about it just as a reminder, but we don't really retread over it. We just throw back as a reminder, bring it fresh in your mind. And we can say, compared to whoever made it to round two, does it hold up versus what we've said that is good about this? And we can introduce new good things if we have new good things, but this is where we can kind of compare and contrast. Now we start talking about our competitors. Round three, our finals, we can compare and contrast. We each get up to four minutes. Then we take a break for a minute make our notes. We both make rebuttals against each other's presentations. And this is where we directly attack the other presentation. We don't do that in week two because someone has to go first, someone has to go second. We don't have time for responses. The only time we're actually allowed to go af after someone's presentation is in that final round. Uh, and that helps keep it fresh a bit, which is really nice. Also, we have to actually just focus on insulting the other condiment because- Instead of each other, like we do here. If you've ever been around us for more than 20 minutes, it will turn into, shut your stupid face. You always say that. It just sounds like yeah. an old married couple. Yeah. <laughs> it's like- <laughs> I remember one argument we had and I like I made my point. I felt like I was trying to be kind of like I was trying to be kind of calm in this in the situation. And Lewis's res response was, and I quote, of course you do. Of course you do. You're you. <laughs> and just using my entire person against me in an argument. We were 20 minutes into a conversation and it had gone down this this route of like, well, of course you think that you're you, you stupid idiot. <laughs> So it's so so, great. so we want to insult each other, and we do, just not on mic. And this has been the last general geekery. No, um, but we have, but we do have to kind of flex those muscles and uh, and and find creative ways of presenting, representing, rebutting, and uh, 
and giving people something to think about because, and people have been pretty good about this, people will show up and have an idea of what they think should win right off the bat. Like you right. just see what's better and it's like, no, no, but you need to listen to it in the context. Right. Okay. You might like ketchup. That's great. Is that the condiment that gets you fired up at a barbecue? And that's what we dial into this very specific scenario and dig deep into it. Uh, coming up is going to be, because uh, we just finished this, right? Now, voting's go. we just finished recording it. Voting's going out. By the time you hear this, voting will be closed. So hope you were following best thing ever, because probably too late now. But you um, have a chance to jump on the next one soon. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. But that's right. You will have a chance when this comes out to send us an email, bestthingiverpod at gmail.com. Tell us, well, maybe we should set the steam again. Nah. Go listen to Best Thing Ever Pod. Don't listen to that, but we'll, we can give you an abbreviated version. Yeah. So, so here's the scene: we're moving into October. We're getting into scary movie time. It's gonna there's a a, a briskness to the air, um, right? And before you scream, our it's gonna be your favorite version of pumpkin. Is it latte? Is it candle? Is it blanket? Is it uh, is it is Harness. it what is it suppository? Harness your inner white girl. No, absolutely not. So you can take your Uggs off. We're not doing that crap. Um, oh. No, oh hold on, hold on. I got these. Man, the sweat and the fur just. Why would you wear that? Um, and where did you get an Uggs jacket? <laughs> um, so anyway, um, what we are doing is, here's the scene, is it's Halloween or the Saturday before Halloween. You've contacted all your buddies. You've gotten everybody together. You've coordinated your your costumes. You're right. You're maybe, the different Robins from Titan Teen Titans Go. Right. You know, maybe uh, maybe you went out and you bought one. Maybe you're the one that like your mom put yours to, together, like uh, like you guys do. Yeah. You like make your own costumes. Like, oh man, that's awesome. And now you're the best Robin. Now you're the best Robin. Okay. So you're heading out. You've got your crew. You got your squad goals rolling out with your uh, orange pumpkins. You're hollowed mm-hmm. out uh, little jack-and-lanterns to uh, gather your prizes. And then what happens? You come up to the door of the first house on the block of the rich part of the neighborhood. You know what I'm talking about. You ring the doorbell, and it's a 12-minute long song because that's how long it takes the butler to walk down to the door. And as he opens what? the door... Dong, ding, dong, dong, da, dong, dong, ding, dong, dong, ding, dong. Oh, really? Dong, da, dong, dong, ding, dong. Sorry, it's Dr. Dre. Ah, <laughs> uh, nice. Keep I see. My the rich part of my town was. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, that was keep their heads ringing by Dre. Sorry. Nice. No, the rich part of my the rich part of my town was La Cucaracha. But um, this guy shows up at the door, eight hundred years old, professional butler, twelve monocles just falling over his body, and behind him a sea of butlers with silver platters, all with different candies on them. Monokai, please. And <laughs> so now. You have to choose one candy, but it's not just candy. What kind of candy is it? It is a king-size version of that candy. doesn't matter if it actually exists as a king-size now. It could be like a king-size candy corn. You get one, but you get a king-size version of it. And you have to choose wisely, not poorly, because this is a candy that now you have to carry around the rest of the night. And you've just started your walk down this block of the rich part of town where you know you're going to get lots of good candy. So what is the candy that you would want to see king-sized when you go out on your Halloween adventure? But Lou, that sounds really optimistic. Of course it does. So, but I'm what, a glass half full kind of guy. But you know what? <laughs> but you know what? Sometimes the affluent side of things are not so in, in touch with what people actually like. So what if you get a terrible thing in king size? Ooh. What is 
the the candy you would least like to see king size because now you got to carry this around. Not only do you have to carry this around, it's taking up space in your bag. And as we all know, if you throw out this candy on the rich street, everyone's going to think you're a terrible investment banker. You have no potential. You're never going to get a finance job. And none of these other houses are going to give you candy. Their doors are closed to you. Look, I don't make the rules just because I'm the one sitting here making the rules right now. This is the way the world works. So that's the, our little update on what's going on with Best Thing Ever. Uh, so you do get to take part in that if that sounds like something that sounds like fun to you. And then why wouldn't it? We, would, yeah. we, love, we love Halloween. We love the fall. Uh, we love all the good candies. And there's also some bad ones. And I want to name some so bad. Yes. But I'm just, there's one in particular. We don't want to poison the well yet. But we don't We wanna. will. <laughs> and a future general geekery, bestthingeverpod at gmail.com. Send in your ideas for best and worst. Tell us why. You know, we... Throw that shit on the ground if we want to, whatever. We have the delete button. That's fine. No, but seriously, we, won't, we, we don't want to just hear what it is. We want to hear why. Then we'll take it to our moderators. Hey, if you're listening to General Geekery, you might be one of them already. So taking it to you guys, or y'all, putting it down, presenting it. We're going to winnow it down to eight of the best and eight of the worst. We're going to do king-size episodes of Best Thing Ever through October in celebration of Halloween. You just said y'all. Aren't you from New York? I am. And let me tell oh. you. I now we're in a segment. I wanted to get you to do that. Hey, yo. Hey, hey. Wait, wait, hold on. You just said y'all. Aren't you from New York? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, hey. All right, you guys got to hold back the fuck off a minute. When I moved to Georgia. Oh, I was going to stop it there. No, no, no. This is great. When I moved to Georgia, this is not great. When I moved to Georgia, you know, one of the things was, oh, you're going to Georgia. Oh, yeah. Y'all this, y'all that. Y'all, you know, uh, you go into the y'all store, blah, blah, blah. Moved down. Realized y'all is you all. The third person plural. The proper third person plural. As it should be. Yes. By the definition of the language. Yes. It's a contraction of you all. So I go back after, you know, it was like a year by the time I made my first trip back. And my friends are like, oh, yeah, how's the South Street? And I'm like, you motherfuckers are the dumbest sounding hicks I've ever fucking heard with this. You guys, you guys want to go guys want to go here. You guys want to do this. That is fucking bullshit. Speak English. You all, do you all, I said third person plural, I meant second person plural, obviously, but Grammar Girl is going to be so pissed right now. I know, Shout right? out to Grammar Girl. Sorry, Mignon. Sorry, Miss Fogarty. And it shouldn't be over, overly familiar. I don't know her. So, yeah, so I was like, you sound like morons. Use real English. You all. If you want to distinguish between you and all of you, do you all. And y'all, nice contraction. Also, possessive, you get to put two apostrophes in a word. How often do you get to put two apostrophes in a word? It'd be grammatically correct. Y'all, chef's kiss. It's beautiful. I love it. Anyone who, there's this stereotype that y'all sounds uneducated. If you are trying to mangle some second person plural and you're not saying y'all, you sound uneducated. I'm just putting that down there. So Ben, you're a, a svelte, in shape person who does triathlons and what what do you want from me? <laughs> I actually, just a segment. I'm not actually asking for much this time. I, I promise. I'm not asking you to move some. Like, I don't trust that lead in at all. I'm not asking you to move some uranium lined furniture or anything. What do you think is the if you were to open a Guinness Book of World Record, 2018? I guess in 2018 we published a 2017 one. So you open the latest Guinness, Guinness Book of World Record, 2017. As of 2017, what do you think the Guinness Book World Book uh, Guinness Book of World Records is for fastest bicycle speed? A human being riding a bicycle. So it's it top speed. 
Um, now, fastest you, a human a human powered like they're pedaling it. Human powered. So, and I guess they could go downhill if they want to. My first thought off the top of my head is it's probably like a downhill thing. Like they just tuck in on a bicycle, like going downhill. But then you would also I think have, that's fair. But you would also have terminal velocity on that. Like you're only at a certain angle that you could maintain going downhill. Until you're like free falling and then you're not riding a bike. Right. At some point you're just going to like, the wind's going to just like knock you over and you're going to tumble. Right. Which gets pretty dangerous. Um, From my experience, (laughs) I assume this is the svelte part of it, is that I I do ride. I am a cyclist. I'm here, you know, touching Ben right now. (laughs) Thank you for caressing my shoulder. That's an Um, image none of you will ever forget. Oh, that was your shoulder. I I will. Yes, I am a cyclist. Yes, I do ride. Um. I will I will pat myself on the back for one of the few things that I've done. I am an Ironman triathlete. Um, I've completed one. I didn't really race it. Um, you know what? I, there's a I, slight, that counts. That counts. That's a slight but important difference of 140.6 miles of racing. It, um, it, it is, but, I mean, you showed up. So all of that being said, I do have a pretty good knowledge of this. Um, usually on the front gear on a bike, you've got 52 to 55 teeth. The bigger the front the faster you can go on the back, the smaller the front because of the ratio to the wheel, uh, the less teeth, the faster. And and 11 is the fastest that you have on that. So at 55 to 11, you at like a hundred RPM, you're doing between 45 and 50. And that's kind of in a perfect situation. Like maybe you have a little tailwind, maybe you have a little bit of a tailwind, maybe. And that's still dangerous. Like a little, just a slight side wind at that. I mean, you're going to hurt. Sure. So, but I would say, so uh, to answer your question specifically, knowing that that, it, let's say you go downhill, you're at 5511, as hard as you can go, you're up to like 120, 130 RPMs, which is hard to even maintain. I'm going to say like 61. So the Guinness Book of World Records, if you were to open like a physical copy of the book, which you'd have to go find somewhere, maybe you can get it on Amazon. I don't know. I used to have one in middle school. I bought it at the book fair. Yeah. Well, back in middle school when, when we were children, <laughs> back when the earth was still cooling. That was one of the records. Yeah. Remember when the dinosaurs used to bring the scholastic book deliveries to your house? It was great. You didn't have to go anywhere. Um, Where's your book? It's on the third Stegosaurus. So Guinness Book of World Records, if you had opened it up today, would say 147.4 miles per hour. The f- It was just broken. Wait, hold on. No, 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 no. This is wrong. How much? 147.4. It was just miles broken. Per hour, miles not, per hour. Miles not, per hour. Not kilometers per hour. And not like, you know, measuring in some other like, oh, well, if you arc tan, uh, you know, space travel. No, like on the surface of the earth. Just broken today, 183.9 miles an hour. How? Um, you might say cheating, but I think by the time we're done with this, you won't say cheating because the problem is Guinness Book of World Records is doing a really bad job of representing what's actually happening here. Okay, so again, I'm I'm thinking terminal velocity here, and even if you're going downhill as hard as you can go, I can't imagine that's you're more than tripling what I would even imagine is possible. Okay, so what if I told you you didn't have to start pedaling until 100 miles an hour, and what if I said that was true because it's pretty much impossible for you to move the pedals before you're moving about 100 miles an hour. Um, I assume you're. I don't know, man. My mind is blown. Yeah, you're going so to have to lead me in on this one. I'm going to show you a picture of the bike. That's a long body bike. That's a long body bike. Look at the gears. It looks like it. Uh, that's too many gears. Wait. 
It's Are a you? custom bike built for this challenge. You know, I, I, showing pictures on a podcast is really, it's, yeah. it's, it's very engaging. Follow, follow this, follow this person on Instagram. What you're seeing is, and I'm going to use uh, what I've just learned about bikes, because if you've seen me, I ain't seen exercise in a long enough time. This is like a 55 tooth gear up front. Right. Going to right. like an 11 tooth gear, something like that, really small. Right which itself is not driving a wheel, is driving another 55-tooth gear, roughly the same size as the original. Right. Going back again to what looks like, I don't know, it's on the other side of the wheel, but it looks like it might even be smaller. It looks tiny, like it might be like a five or something. Like, like just driving just, the just wheel enough directly. To get, yeah. yeah. What this article says is, and I'll show you this other one, there's a picture of this bicyclist in some very aggressive gear. Looks like a motorcyclist uh, crash gear. Looking at what looks like this... Uh, cardboard box, or you're looking at it from this cardboard box. It's a custom built shroud on the back of a dragster, a drag racing car. Like, uh, and this is, I'm looking at this picture now. It is an F1 dragster. So not like the funny car or anything like that. Yes. The one that you think of, like the super elongated one with the tiny wheels in the front, the gigantic wheels in the back. And it's basically just giant wheels, giant motor, crazy person. And tiny wheels on front. Right. Custom shroud for the wind resistance and the bicycles behind it. Now, before you say that's cheating, this is considered legit for the Guinness Book of World Records and how they measure this record. This has been the standard since at least the 90s. This is how they measure this. Like this is this is the established way they measure the standard. So this is not it's not what you anticipated. But as far as Guinness Book of World Records is going, they didn't break the record by doing something creative. They're following in the footsteps of everyone who's break, broken this record since the 90s. Right. And that makes complete sense because the, the air resistance itself accounts for 20 to 30 percent of your reduction in speed. So you're adding that much. But on top of that, even the slightest of breeze from side to side, like like. Yeah. At that point, just die. a little bit. Yeah. Um, 183 miles an hour. Apparently. She couldn't even pedal this bike until 100 miles an hour. She had a tow cable to get her up to 100, which apparently is legit as far as Guinness Book of World Records goes. Human-powered from 100 to 183.9. And it looks like they're on the salt flats here. So I mean, They are on the salt flats because it's, the, uh, it's, the, it's, the, it's, the, it's that time of year. That's, I, I yeah. guess it is. Apparently, they told them they could go 175 for safety concerns. They did 183.9. So they're wondering if they'll be invited back. Um, but I do have to say this. I do. Right. Like, well, all right, you, okay. That's where you're drawing the line. That's too much. That's yeah. too much. Um, I will say I do respect this. I, I respect this, uh, yeah. this record. Not, I don't think it's cheating at all because here's the thing is she's behind this little shield and the shield is probably, I don't know what, four feet wide, something like that. Tops. Yeah. Like maybe, like, four, look, maybe four yeah. feet wide. And yes, she does ride and, and she's obviously a super skilled rider. Even the best of riders you hiccup, you lean one way. It's the salt flats, but still you catch a little imperfection here or there. If she catches even a bit of wind on one side, it's going to shoot her not out, but across to the other side. And then you get this pinball action of where like, even if her sleeve slightly touches the outside, it's going to either rip the wheel to one side or just jettison her to the opposite side and she'll go side, 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 and then out. Right. At and a tremendous speed with nothing around her. 183.9. There is not motorcycling gear built that will say this is a 
messing up here is a death sentence. And not only did she have to toe up to 100, then pedal to 183.9 in synchronization with the car because she needed to stay within the shroud, but not get ahead of the shroud and hit the car. Remember, they also need to now slow down to at least a safe speed for her to crash, if nothing else. And she has to slow down in tandem with the dragster. Dragsters, even F1 dragsters, they are they are built to get up to speed and go fast quickly. They are not known for their braking and slowing down characteristics. They had to do this in synchrony, and it turns out she is a professional bicyclist. He is a professional bicyclist, then a professional racer. Like these are people who dedicate their lives to this and clearly dedicate, they dedicate their lives in terms of training, but clearly she has dedicated her life to this because a, a screw up would, there's no question in my mind. She would die at 183.9 miles well, an hour. Here's where the, the problem becomes on that. And, um, and this is just to go behind the science of this just a little bit. This is because this is basically drafting. It's the yeah, same thing yes. that happens in, in right. bike racing um, or in NASCAR. Or if you NASCAR, want to think yeah. about like Days of Thunder or anything like that. Yeah, this is Southeast, um, man. NASCAR. Come on. All right, NASCAR. So you're in that cone of air behind what you're drafting behind. He is what they call nose in the wind. Right. So his so, so the, uh, the car itself is nose in the wind. That's taking most of the pressure against it. So if he comes off, just let's just say they both just stop. She starts freewheeling. And he just comes off the gas. He's going to have more air pressure against him than she is. Yep. So she's going to slow down at a slower rate than he is. So essentially, the car is going to back into her. Right. At a very high speed. Now, this happens very quickly. Indeed. Air, uh, air resistance at that speed adds up quick. Newsflash, air is thick. <laughs> um, so, because think about that. You go down, you, you ride in your car and you put your hand out at like right. 30 miles an hour. And you're like, ooh, like... Times that by five. When you get to that, when you get to those things, like when you talk about air, this is an exponential issue. Right. Like it's not linear too. This is uh, thick chicken. Taste the thickness. So the other thing on that is, so they obviously can't just like freewheel, come off the gas and then. Right. But if he slows down, if she starts freewheeling and he slows down, so like he's coming off the gas slightly instead of just like just coming off the gas altogether. If she falls outside of that cone, the same thing happens. That right. cone narrows. The air is coming back together behind there. So it's not like she has this square of space that she can stay in. It starts as a square, but it comes back to a point behind her. So if she starts to come out of that, now her range of left and right and where she can move and not get caught in this uh, in the air becomes much, much, much narrower. Right. And then that can throw her off. Yep. She this gets- is insanity. I know, right? This is... I am in... Complete and utter awe. I I feel like Guinness Book of World Records is at fault, if anyone here, for being a little misleading. But if there if but if anywhere, that's the only fault I find in this. This is an amazing feat of remember, human powered from 100 to 183.9 because of the gearing. She's not drafting that she's not like, well, she's drafting this, but she's not like towed and hanging on, right? As Ben said, she's got to control. She can't go too far forward. Can't go too far back. She's doing that under her own power at speeds that will kill her. If anything, the only fault I find is with Guinness Book of World Records is how we represent this because this is amazing. This is amazing. I am enthralled by by this pair, this this partnership. Um, I will tell you, I have always wanted to set a world record um, and to be in Guinness Book. I think the only chance I have now is most podcasts. We have a lot of work ahead of us. 
All right, well, let's do it. This has been General Geekery, specifically. It's been a podcast. I'm Ben. I'm Lou. And this is where we put that little witticism. You know, the board says that we're supposed to put a movie quote in there. Yeah, well, you know, no computer tells me what to do. Fine. I don't listen to Trello. Not anymore. Not since. Fine, I'll do it. Two households, both alike in dignity. In fear of Verona, where we let. Oh, movie quote. Well, I mean, had there was the Leo version. Boz Lerman. I don't know. I never watched it. You think they called him Baz the Spaz and then he's like, I'm going to make a movie. I'm going to make a movie about ballroom dancing. I'm going to make a movie about Romeo and Juliet. I'm going to make a movie about Moulin Rouge. I took care of Cat. (laughs) Please, one infiltrating animal at a time, okay? It's on Stitcher with two eyes. Stitcher. They mostly come out at night and mostly climb trees at night. Mostly. When I moved to Georgia. Uh, I was going to stop it. No, no, no. This is great. When I moved to Georgia, this is not great. I said third person plural. I meant second person plural, obviously. Y'all, chef's kiss. It's beautiful. I love it. Now I'm still looking at his wife going, what's your primary meat source in this house? (laughs) It's a a Russian saying, you buy get from tree, you buy meat for me.